previously on Those Were the Days. So uh, I have now watched The West Wing. I have avoided it desperately. <laughs> Ginger, get the popcorn. Hey, I have the turkeys. People are not quick-witted enough no. to carry these conversations with the speed at which they do in his shows. Churn butter by day, I've... solve crimes by night. Ooh, I hate you. Okay, enough old man Audie. Kmart, AC Slater. She just smelled it. My one real tangent. That's not the worst headcanon to have. Dick Trickle. Uh, that sounds like a name that a, like an eight-year-old would tell you. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Oh, hello, everybody. It's time again for Those Were the Days, the show that tonight is talking about a show about nothing. That's right, we're heading into the 90s with Seinfeld. And I couldn't get through this jungle of horrible people without my own horrible people in tow. She's the funniest one on the show, and we all know it, Amy Frost. What? 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 I I can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> if, he, <laughs> if he barged into your apartment regularly and ate all your food, you wouldn't even be mad. It's TV's Travis. Okay, so there's a there's a local store run by a mom and pop that does nothing but tea towels. They clean tea towels. I have taken all of your tea towels, all three of you. I've taken them there. They're going to clean them up for you. Should be ready next week. <laughs> and if he told me he was driving Christopher Lambert's motorcycle, I'd believe him. Audie Norman. Yeah, so this is a show about nothing. And that's what I've got for this week's intro. Nothing. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, man, I've been excited to talk about this show. Now, I know after we've watched it, we watched an episode, uh, season six, uh, episode eight, which, as we learned last year, episode eight is the Thanksgiving episode yeah. of any show, <laughs> of any season. Uh, that's where you'll find it if you're looking for one. Uh, this is this is barely a Thanksgiving episode. It, it's, it's mostly a normal Seinfeld episode with a backdrop of uh, Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. I hope that's okay. I've bent the rules a little bit, but mm-hmm. I really just yeah, wanted yeah. to talk about this show. The Macy's Thanksgiving emotionally... Day Parade is going on. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, right? It's it's New York. It's, it's whatever. I have no emotional connection to Seinfeld at all. <laughs> I remember my parents watching it uh, again. Uh, this has become a little bit of a refrain here, but I just wasn't. I watched it, but I was a little too young to get it. And a little, I just didn't, it wasn't in my zone at the time. But I do want to know, as we typically do, where you all land on this particular show. Amy, how about you? So I I really like Seinfeld. It's one of those shows that I have probably watched all of, except for like the few episodes that I do not like that I skip one. Like like 30 seconds in, I go, nope, we're not watching this one. and I I love this show. It's funny. It's funny watching them now. And I'm sure we'll get into it, right? Because like 95% of Seinfeld plots are immediately fixed with a cell phone. Um, and <laughs> like real easy. There's a yeah. good one in this episode uh, that I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, there was a there's a there was at one time a Twitter feed that was like modern Seinfeld. 
And so it would be like, you know, George gets really into crypto and, you know what I mean? And like all that stuff. And I, so like, I, like, you said which episode we were watching. And I knew, like, I, I technically probably didn't have to watch the episode this week. And I probably could have still just rolled with it. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know people like that. Like, I have friends that, I mean, I said mom and pop store and immediately got John Voight's car texted back car. at me. Yep. They just know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, how about you? I definitely watched this. Maybe not quite as much as Amy did, um, but I I very much remember watching it, um, and it was a show that always existed, and while I wouldn't say I got into super fan territory with it, uh, I, I always enjoyed it. I, I always enjoyed every time I watched it, and it could very easily be one of those just throw it on for background noise and pay attention every so often, kind of like what we talked about with Friends a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Same same idea. It's yeah. like it can just be running and I can be like, oh, yeah, I remember this moment and then kind of go back to whatever I'm doing. And then every now and then you go, ooh. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, that didn't, uh, didn't age so well. Yeah, that did work. Uh, Adi, where do you land? So I'm not a fan of Seinfeld. I don't have anything against it. I understand everybody's fandom. It's just it never hit with me. So... You know, it's I've seen episodes and stuff and I've been like, okay, yeah, I get it. But Mm -hmm. just never really was something that really, really did it for me. Um, But still, this was a fun one to watch. Yeah, and that's perfectly you know what I found that you either you either mostly like it to to see and seek it out or you just don't give a crap about it. Like it doesn't tickle your funny bone. Mm -hmm. It's not the jokes that work for you. Like my wife. Not a fan. Uh, she watched this episode with me, and I laughed, and she laughed because she's sweet. But <laughs> it was not a thing that we're gonna do again. Yeah, you know, like, and I when I ask people like, "Hey, why? Why is it? Why is Seinfeld not?" She's like, "They're just terrible people," and I just don't like watching. Well, I think and who I they think are and what they do. It. I mean, they they are right. I mean, and it's like always sunny in Philadelphia takes that like five steps further. <laughs> Um, I think one of the big parts for me, though, is Elaine, because I have always had guy friends. All of my friends have pretty universally been guys. And so to have a character like Elaine, who is still like feminine and, you know, she still does girl stuff, but all of her friends are guys. Mm -hmm. That was like that was weird representation. I didn't know I was looking for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, there's there's a certain like. It's sort of not – I'm not necessarily directly comparing these, but something like a Monty Python where people either love Monty Python or they're like, I don't yeah. get the yeah. humor. Seinfeld is like that because there is an absurdity to yeah. the whole concept mm-hmm. of the show that if you don't buy into that uh, idea, then it's just not going to land for you. Because you're like, these are just terrible people doing terrible yep. things in a city. Yes. Whereas you can kind of – you can look at it as like, yeah, they're terrible people, but – they're also getting all bent out of shape about the dumbest things <laughs> for no reason, and yeah. Th- yeah. that's absurd. And I kind of like that. So, yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Does does that resonate with you, Audie? Like the absurdity just doesn't match your vibe. I think it's the idea that it's a show about nothing that doesn't work okay. for me. That like, there's no I, arc. There's yeah, just, yeah. I, I I feel like I need more than just hey, let's say some funny stuff. For it to mm-hmm. really hit with me. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to pinpoint it, but it just has never been something that I'm like, oh yeah, I need to watch more of this. Yeah, yeah, I get that because uh, I'm I'm uh, Travis just described Monty Python like that's not I can't stretch there. My geek brain doesn't. Mm-hmm. I have fallen asleep during every attempt to watch Monty Python the Holy Grail. Sir Robin comes along in the Knights of Knee, and I'm out, man. I'm gone. <laughs> that's as far as I can make it. And I like people are like holy hand grenades and bunnies, and I'm like I don't even know what you're talking you're about because like, I, I slept through yeah. all of that. Uh, and I think it is it is funny. It's like the British absurdity versus American absurdity, I and get I can handle a lot of not liking stand up comedians. But that is not true. Oh. I don't like Americans. Like for the most part, American stand up comedians do not do it for me. British stand up wow. comedians have about a ninety five percent hit rate. <laughs> Let's see, and it's, I've, I've heard there's different schools of, of humor in America and Britain. Britain's very self-deprecating. American's very wise guy. Yeah. It's the way Stephen Fry described it. Sure. Uh, he mm-hmm. was like, Brits are hard on ourselves, and that that's what makes us think we're, we're funny, while Americans want to be the smartest person in the room yeah. with the snappiest joke. Well, and if you think and about I, I don't know what are that, the, but, but if you think about what are the major markets for stand-up comedy in the U.S., New York and L.A.? Yeah. What kind yeah, of people yeah, live in New York and L.A.? Those kinds of people. Yeah. And they're going to yeah, be the ones observing mm-hmm. that type of life in those areas. That's why, like, mm-hmm. stand-up comedians from Canada I tend to really like. Oh, there's yeah, something yeah, about yeah. Canadian comedians uh, that works because there's a little bit of that self-deprecation there. Ryan Reynolds, while not mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian, has that going, right? He's You listen oh, to yeah, him in he's... interviews, he's always very self-deprecating, and it's hilarious because it's like, like, okay, you're good-looking – and Letterkenny yeah, isn't Letter that Kenny. far from Seinfeld, really. right? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, yeah, they're right. very similar. They have some parallels. <laughs> yeah, Letterkenny is like yeah, if you took it, the like... limiter off of Seinfeld. Yeah, but put him <laughs> yes. put him yeah. in Canada, like, and oh, took yeah. the limiter off. That's what you get, and it <laughs> and it works. Seinfeld on HBO instead of it's... Seinfeld on Network. broadcast yeah. TV. It's it's curb your mm-hmm. enthusiasm is what it ends up becoming. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. jam. Which is funny because Letterkenny, like I'm like, oh, go ahead. With Letterkenny, I'm like, that's hilarious. I'm all about that. It's so funny compared to mm-hmm. Seinfeld. I'm like, yeah, Seinfeld, okay. I think, is yeah. also pretty dated now. Yeah, but yeah. It yeah. Is very oh yeah, squarely in the '90s. Yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah. about a show that began in what 1989. Like, yes, yeah, 89 to 98 is Seinfeld's run. There's a whole ten seasons. Which I need to go ahead and point out for my brother-in-law, Jacob. It was <laughs> ten seasons. I was wrong at bar trivia when I thought it was seven. Uh, and he insisted it was ten, and I insisted it was seven. And guess who took the answer up? Me. Guess who lost? Oh, Us. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go there. I said it publicly <laughs> on the internet forever, Jacob. I was wrong. You were right. He'll never let me live it down. I hear it every time I see him now. How many seasons were in Seinfeld, Stephen? Ten, Jacob. I'm sorry. Uh, I think I think Seinfeld turned down seven mil an episode when he when he decided to bounce from the show, which is where I got the seven from. But that it, no one cares. That was still wrong, no matter what my justification is of where that number came from. <laughs> but Seinfeld, uh, famously written uh, by Larry David with. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld in the lead. Jerry Seinfeld is a joke guy. He's a stand-up comedian. Funny enough, I'm not that big a fan of Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up. It's fine, 
they're decent jokes, but like you throw Jeff Foxworthy at me and I'm howling because yeah. that's the culture I grew up in, mm-hmm. right? It's a different but I didn't grow up in Seinfeld's, you know, observational humor. I think it's great. I'm just not like guffawing about it. Um but he's he's fine, and he does a good job in this show. Larry David writes the show. They figured out uh, as a team, uh, Jerry Seinfeld could write jokes. Larry David could construct a story, and I think that's where this this show really finds its magic. It's like you pick a thing and you focus on that thing, and then you build something outlandish around the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it that's that's a recipe for awesome. Like it's it's kind of like the show my son loves and I love. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, the Amazing World of Gumball on yes. Cartoon Network. It's a cartoon. They pick something and they build a 15 minute episode of of, of cartoon around it, and it's amazing. And, and it just works because you can just dive and pick it apart. Go Seinfeld crazy. Seinfeld always has like like a bunch of little subplots, and then at some point yes. they just like collide into each other. <laughs> Which, yes, which is the why I think I like Seinfeld. Like, when I don't watch a lot of sitcoms from the 90s, yeah. this one works for me because I have this respect for that level of artistry. Yeah. Like, it was mm-hmm. just what it really is. You're taking this collection of really weird subplots and stories, and then somewhere in the episode, they're going to come together. And you don't even know, like, what pieces, at least in this yeah, episode, they're either going to come together away. or they're going to, like, violently go. <laughs> In opposite yes. directions. Yep. You're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Or just stay compartmentalized to some degree. It just depends on where what they could do that, that week. And this one, I almost made a dang puzzle chart of how these <laughs> things flowed back in, in and out of each other until they came back together there at the end at Tim Watley's apartment. Uh-huh. Um, but a little bit more about Seinfeld. If you're unfamiliar with the show, it's on Netflix, and you should you should watch it. Give it a try. Uh, but one of the things I love about it is Larry David had a no hugging, no learning policy, uh, <laughs> which today might not seem super cynical in today's age. But in the 90s, when you're going up against full house and step by step in your TGIF fodder, uh, yeah. you, this is mm-hmm. unheard of uh, that, that no one would learn anything. Uh, every <laughs> character had to basically exit an episode having learned no life lessons, no morals. Nobody hugs. Everybody's just a disaster from episode one, season one, to the very end of the series. And I love that concept because it just, it gives you, it it doesn't limit you. Like, how many times does a show, a series over the seasons kind of write themselves into a corner with a character? Oh, well, like, he's not going to do that again, you know? But But here we are with Seinfeld. No problem. Yeah, every time. Nobody's going to ever learn anything. No. Um, I thought that was that was really cool. Uh, a factoid I learned about Jerry Seinfeld, which I didn't need to read, but it was nice seeing <laughs> it established in word form. Jerry Seinfeld cannot act. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watching the show. Yeah. But like having someone go ahead and nail down, yeah, he can't do it. Uh, so the producers are so worried about his ability to carry the show because he can't act that they, they mandated that classically trained actors would back him up, uh, which is where you get George Costanza, who's played by Jason Alexander, who is a Broadway trained, like Mm -hmm. he teaches Broadway play acting today. Yeah. That's what he does. It's kind of like the show and his role in Pretty Woman were just like offshoots of his day job. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you can kind of tell that, and he he's remarkable on screen. Like he should be in more things, but I think his passion is is 
the is the play is theater. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, kind of twofold. I don't know where he's a right. Tony Award winner. Yeah, he should I mean, be. Yeah, he's so good. I think I think it's honestly a little twofold because we've talked about this quite a bit. He's he to a lot of people he is George and he will always be George mm-hmm. and he can't escape yeah. that. Yeah, but also because he has this love of the stage and this Tony Award winning career on the stage and teaching and all that. He doesn't have to worry about that. He can just sit back, yeah. collect residual checks for Dude. for Seinfeld, and keep doing the thing he loves doing, which is acting on stage, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love. He yeah. did. Um, he was the voice of one of the gargoyles in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is always yep. like underrated Disney film. I Very love much. that mm-hmm. movie. That movie goes so hard <laughs> for it a really Disney does. film. Wait, wait! I haven't seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <gasps> oh, okay, well, man. we're gonna fix that. Don't worry. We're gonna find you the yeah. <laughs> Because, uh, because 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 I've only the... I've only seen clips. <gasps> oh boys, snap. all right, we're doing a because I love <laughs> this film and this movie. This it has no right to go so far, but Jason Alexander does it and he sings and he's you know I mean he's great. He, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, he's he's fantastic in in everything I've seen him in. And mm-hmm. then you got Julia Louis Dreyfus, who I don't know where she came from before this. I didn't do my research like I should have, uh, but she's flipping great and honestly the best one on the show in my mind. Like I just love watching her work. Uh, is the mannerisms and stuff she uses just the the things she just it's a full body performance. It's always so good. Little kid. Um, and then you got Michael Richards playing Kramer, which you watch episode one of Seinfeld and you can see the roots of the Kramer, but you got to really get in a few seasons yeah. before he like mm-hmm. really, they get the, they get the whole gamut, the sliding through the doorway, the pants up high, the, the hair all over the place. They really build that character over time a little bit. And he's just, he's fantastic. I don't know anybody else that could play like that. Um no. And uh, yeah, it's just this, it's just stacked wonderful cast. And then you got the offshoot off players like Jerry Jerry Stiller in this as George's dad. We didn't get to see them uh, this episode, which is really unfortunate. And Wayne Knight is Newman. Like everybody loves that. Yeah. Uh, when Newman and Kramer team up to do anything, it's just the best. <laughs> it's just total. The Mother's chaos. Day mail scheme is the bottle return <laughs> extra truck Mother's Day. That's going on my list because I don't know that I've ever seen that one. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> I've seen plenty, but that that's going on the list. Uh, so Larry David, if you're unfamiliar with his work, Curb Your Enthusiasm, he's on that show. He writes that show. It's basically Seinfeld 2 uh, with no rules, and he's yeah. playing himself. Uh, where George Constanza is the Larry David uh, avatar on Seinfeld. <laughs> he just plays himself on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I've heard things about Larry David. He's an interesting character. Uh, I don't think he has an empathy gene anywhere in his no. brain or body. Like it doesn't exist. I heard one person was uh, I can't remember the interview I heard this on, but he said he went to Larry David said let's meet for dinner, and he goes to meet Larry David for dinner. He gets there and Larry's finishing dinner. Like he's got an empty plate, and he says ah, I just got in here early, so I went ahead and ate. I'll just catch you next time and just bounces. <laughs> like that's the kind of person. Wow. That he, I would not be friends with him. It would no. it would wreck me. It would be, and that's okay. And apparently, a lot of people can't be friends with him because it, he was uninvited from meetings with the producers at NBC on the, for this show uh, because he was so volatile and wouldn't take notes or suggestions or anything at all from anyone ever. Yeah. 
He was yeah. fired from Saturday Night Live as a writer because he was kind of a tool to work with. Yeah. Everybody was just like, no, that guy's a jerk. Uh, which is saying something because there's a lot of jerks in show business. So if you can <laughs> be a jerk to show business people, then, yeah. you know, you got that going. Um, another fun fact about Seinfeld, this was a time when we got the full song and dance for an intro for a show. We talked about themes a lot on this show where you had a song and it would play the characters, full credit role and everything. Seinfeld does not do that. And it was one of the first shows to not do that. Uh, when they just start off with his comedy and a rolling cast across the screen and yeah. they don't even bother with a big theme song, people, there was a lot of debate over the future of credits at the beginning of televisions because of this show. They were like, are they going away? What are we going to do? How is this This is going to change everything? And it kind of did. You know, we don't have theme songs like we used to. Um, no. Even back then, we had some... You know, Home Improvement we talked about was kind of had a theme you recognized, but it didn't have a song. There was no, like, lyrics or anything, yeah. you know. Uh, it and wasn't, was like, the greatest the, American hero. Yeah, I was about to say, none of them are hitting the charts. Sure. Yeah. None of them are landing on friends. the charts. Friends, yeah. That was the, yeah. the outlier at mm-hmm. that point. Um, yeah. Right, yeah. This is just a bass line. And I don't even think it was a real bass. I think it was a synthesizer that everybody thinks was a slap bass. I remember they read that somewhere, but, you know, we can look that up later. But anyway, uh, we could get into the episode and talk a little bit about what actually happened on the mom and pop store. Does anybody else have anything to add about the Seinfeld run before we dive in? No, let's go. No, Okay, let's go. So the show started. So every show starts with Seinfeld doing his routine and it kind of leads into what we're going to see. And this was the jokes about car manufacturers naming their cars. And the LeBaron, which I didn't know was a car model. So this joke didn't really land for me because I so didn't know anything about the car. We talked about, we did we did Classic Concentration as a game show yeah. back mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I used to play the computer version. And at the end, you did the car matching. And LeBaron is on there. Yep. So I knew. And then there's a, there's a terrible adult swim cartoon called tom goes to the mayor and they talk about oh la baron and then there's a little song they do and that just runs through my head just right mm-hmm. pretty so that's how you were aware of the la baron yeah. i knew i knew of the la baron and i think also there's a cake song that might reference it i was gonna uh, say yeah oh, short skirt long jacket yeah no she, going the distance or no uh, no going no. the distance has a la baron no. in it oh no uh, you're right well, short skirt long jacket it's, it's short skirt long jacket and yeah and i mentioned She's driving a, a white a Chrysler white LeBaron Chrysler or something like LeBaron. that. Oh, okay. Plus, it was also my Gosh, second favorite cake. ever La name for a car. Okay, because there, there was What's the Chrysler the LeBaron, but Buick made Le Sabre. Le Sabre. Oh, Le Sabre. And I always liked yeah. Buick's The Sword. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. I had one of those uh, well, the LeBaron, for a while. Did, did you really? Everybody, a Le Sabre. Hey, you know? it, was, it was a boat. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> That's good stuff. My mom had a Chrysler, but it wasn't a LeBaron. But it did have a burgundy interior because nice. every car had a burgundy interior in the night. They were ugly. Burgundy interiors were not good then. Not good. They're not good now. It's awful. Uh, red. Why red? Probably from to hide cigarettes. But specifically had... burgundy. It's that deep red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a friend like in, in college who had, a, I believe it was a Chrysler, some kind of boat with like the velvet 
Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. big bench seats. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, this oh, was yeah. a ride. You could fit thirty college kids in that thing. We had a oh, we had yeah, a Plymouth Voyager. If you remember the Plymouth Voyager, oh yeah, van. and it was mm-hmm. we had that it too. Was burgundy, it was burgundy inside and out. Nice burgundy paint with <laughs> the burgundy. In. How much burgundy can you fit into one car? <laughs> Where my burgundy velvet suit? That much burgundy. In my yeah. burgundy. <laughs> a lot it had to be like it dissipated the nicotine stains or something like that i'm sure it was uh phil in the chat says he drove a lebaron first car he ever bought himself good for you uh so yeah they discontinued a lebaron in 1994 uh and this episode aired i guess it would have been in 95 96 so you know it's it's it was on its way out anyway uh but we we start off with George at the car dealer. He's all set to buy an 89 Volvo until the dealer says, well, do you want this 89 LeBaron convertible? He's like, no. <laughs> he says, N-I. No interest. Was that a thing? Like in the 90s? People no, say N-I. No, I that was George. Yeah, it's just, just a I heard, it, I heard it was also a line in uh, the house guest with Sinbad. You remember that? Uh, really? Mobster yelled yeah the mobster would say and i no interest no interest no i'll point out that uh here in the northeast we don't if you only have one car you do not do a convertible because a cloth top does not (laughs) keep the warm in at all Mm -hmm. this this was a bad move when you're in new york city yeah so he wouldn't have bought it except the dealer says well it was john void's car oh really uh, so now we get our first thread we're going to follow, and that's John Voigt's car. Uh, we go back to Jerry's, uh, and they're talking to, he and Elaine is there, and they're talking about Tim Watley's pre-Thanksgiving party. Tim Watley Tim famously played, Watley. the Watley, played by Brian Cranston, who you might know as Heisenberg, mm-hmm. or Walter White from Breaking Bad, uh, or Malcolm in the Middle's dad, uh, I don't mm-hmm. remember his name. But yeah, this was one of his earliest big TV roles was on Seinfeld as a recurring character. And this was Tim his Watley, first the appearance. Dentist. Was this his it wasn't the, the dentist thing with the apparently this was hit off the stuff. This was apparently okay. his first appearance as Tim Watley. Mm, oh, that explains why he's not quite as crazy. Yeah. You know, because when he well, did he the Jerry Dennis thing. The <laughs> yeah, he goes he goes wild. By the way, uh, quick backtrack, yeah. uh, because I found this sure, yeah. little little fact factoid to be interesting was um apparently the car thing with john voigt's car is inspired by an actual thing with the writers of this particular episode uh the guy tom gamble had a chrysler lebaron that he thought was john voigt's lebaron (laughs) and according to this a lot of the banter between jerry and george are from tom and his writing partner max who didn't think that John it was John Voigt's LeBaron. So that happened a lot. And then, of course, they get him. We'll talk about, but they get him for the episode, which I thought was <laughs> brilliant. So, yeah, this is based on an actual thing where somebody thought okay, they bought so John Voigt's Chrysler LeBaron. <laughs> Wait, so this is so, so meta because we'll get to it, right? And George is going to to you know send out the entire Yankee organization to figure this out. So instead, <laughs> he just... Used his entire network sitcom to find out if yeah. he had John yeah. Voight's car. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Brilliant. That's exactly. What I love. Talk that. about. I. This is. See. This is why some people are successful because they yeah. just, everything that happens is content. Everything is content. Yeah. Uh. 
So we're back with Jerry and Elaine. Elaine tells Jerry, or I guess Jerry gives Tim Watley the address for Elaine and his friends for the big pre-Thanksgiving party. Yeah, so Elaine's Tim all called. pumped. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's going to be Elaine's invited. Address. Right, because Elaine wants to go on a date with I Tim Watley, which who can blame her? I mean, he's a, he's a fancy looking you fella. You don't want to date a dentist. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because they're going <laughs> to be judging your brushing. Yeah, your weird brushing. So Jerry's not a big fan of it, but whatever. But just like it happens, uh, George swings in the door like, you know, he owns the place. Because here, who knocks? You know, it's not important. Uh, Jerry just comes in. in New York City. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is the first time I've seen the open the door, jingle the keys routine on Seinfeld. Because this happened when Elaine got an apartment, I think, once. And everybody's like, look who I got, you know. So George swings in and they ask, hey, you got the Volvo? He says, no, I got an 89 LeBaron. Uh, What? Why? That's crazy. It was John Voight's car. Uh, John Elaine says John Voight didn't even. What does he? Did he even never even drove a car? Never seen you know? him in a car. Look at his movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which I love that. So that's already the reference no point. one. Yeah, look yeah. at his movies. Obviously, he doesn't own a car. By the way, if George had bought the '89 Volvo, I'm just saying that if he had bought that car, it would still be on the road. I was about to today. say it's still yes. running for <laughs> sure. Still be it would have a it would have six hundred thousand miles. Yeah, it'd have six hundred thousand miles on it, but it would yeah. still start. Yeah, the frame is rusted, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. still runs. They are runs good. They aren't pretty cars, but they go. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have that deal, and then Kramer swings in. So that's that's uh, thread two is Tim Watley's party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got that going on, and now we've got Kramer swinging in to tell Jerry that the mom and pop shoe store up the street is going to go out of business unless they get some clientele. Uh, and they're going to be replaced by g- coffee and cookie stores. Cookies. <laughs> cookie stores. Uh, to which George responds that he likes cookies. And, you know, who doesn't? <laughs> but still, yeah. we're this is Walmart's taking over every grocery store in yeah, America yeah, yeah. era. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't remember that. That was You did have a Piggly Wiggly and sometimes just mom's grocer, you know, at the corner. Mm-hmm. They, we don't have that no more. Um, so Kramer wasn't wrong. So he wants to convince Jerry, like, you got to go uh, patronize this shop. And Jerry's like, I don't have, like, I got all sneakers. He's like, well, they do detailing. Oh, <laughs> detail my sneakers? Sure, whatever, Kramer. Go get my shoes detailed. So that's, you know, now we're at thread number three uh, of, <laughs> of comedy. So we've got the mom and pop shop. Yeah. Uh, and also, so next up, Kramer goes down to the mom and pop store with Jerry's sneakers. And there are definitely dress shoes in that box. I don't know if yeah. anybody's paying attention, mm-hmm. yeah. but I saw at least two pairs of dress shoes in yeah. there. Those yeah. weren't sneakers. Yeah. Uh, but Kramer's <laughs> Kramer talks to mom and pop like they're his best friends, you know, because they're like, oh, we care about you. He gets a nosebleed, which is another thread that goes through this show. Yeah. And he's like, I, I need to lay down. Well, they tell um, him to lay down and put his head back, which is, as we all learned in elementary school, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Forward. don't do that. Head mm-hmm. forward, yeah. not back. And then this whole part is solved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't want the blood to go... quietly reserved. Yeah. Just, yeah, Nobody no, wants out, to... Not in. No, yeah. Bad. Out of the face. Out not the down face. the throat. You're going to taste Very bad. iron for mm. the next hour. Mm. Gross. No. Mm. You can't even get that out with a good bag of Doritos. You're still going to taste it. <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> 
Uh, so Kramer lays back on this chair, which this got an audience response that didn't seem like anyone was ready for when he hits his head on the armrest. <laughs> like, I don't know about what about it shocked me, but they didn't talk about it. It was, it was like almost an accident and they just left it in. I mean, cause everybody in the audience mm-hmm. goes, Ooh, it's entirely <laughs> possible that it wasn't scripted yeah. for him to actually do just, I don't, yeah. I don't and, think and, that was scripted. No. And there's something later on that uh, I won't reveal yet was also unscripted, but continue. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, good. Uh, so Kramer points out why he's at the mom and pop shop. They got bad electric wires. So now mom and pop uh, are a time bomb. He's like, this place is going to you're gonna get that checked out, you know? Mm-hmm. So now we've got mom and pop are being told that their whole place is a problem. Uh, so then we cut back over to Elaine where we're going to get another thread where Lane's removing the salt from pretzel yeah, sticks. So this is my favorite, <laughs> uh, right? So it it's it's one of my yeah. favorite Elaine plot bits. Um, because she was like working for she was like not being respected at her publishing job, um, where she was an editor and like things were falling apart. And then Mr. Pitt, who's like real, you know, uh, you know, money and, you know, power and all this, and is like, oh, you know. He compares her to Jackie O and it's a whole thing. And then he's like, come be my assistant. And she's like, oh, yeah, take this job and shove it. And then next thing you know, she's picking salt off of pretzel rods and trying to buy him the perfect pair of socks. And none of them are <laughs> correct. And it's just, I just, yeah. Yeah, Elaine. It definitely, she definitely has the I'm not trying energy, but I also, I don't really care energy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is that kind of the, okay, that makes, that makes sense. Because he's then, just crazy. I'm like, well, who is this guy? Like, he's okay. just crazy. Clearly. But he's got a lot of money, um, so, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, shoot, that sounds like a good gig to me. Yeah. Uh, so she's picking the pretzel up, salt off these pretzel sticks, listen to Big Band on the radio, and he's like, what on earth are you doing? And. Uh, she explains she listened to Big Band with her dad, and it was great, and she knew the names of the songs. They find out there's a radio contest to name the song will earn you the right to hold the Woody Woodpecker ropes at the Thanksgiving uh, parade. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Pitt is like, we have to do this. She's like, Again, why? And he says, yeah. Another Good. plot point that is 100% negated by a cell phone. <laughs> yes. Siri, what song problem. is this? Okay. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Which is funny because the song that she mentions, Next Stop Pottersville, is actually not the name of that song. Uh, that song <laughs> yeah. is that song is actually, in real life, The Sliding Mr. Bones. So so much better. Yeah, it's a good, Next Stop Pottersville is not even an actual song anyone wrote ever at any time. Yeah. Uh, it's, you, you will not find that in the radio catalog of all songs ever written. Okay, I, so you know. this was bothering me as I was watching this scene because Mr. Pitt, who I've obviously seen in Seinfeld, but I couldn't figure out why he looked so familiar to me. Uh-huh. And now I know why, because he was the old wise man in Army of Darkness. Huh? Oh, and I geez. never have made that connection before. <laughs> it just happened wow. right now, and I short-circuited for a second. Yeah, That's good facial recognition, because I don't even remember what the wise man looked like in yeah. Army of Darkness. And I love that movie. That's the one that told uh, told uh, uh, Ash the Klaatu Verata Niktu, yep. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very specific words. with the words. <laughs> Which he totally remembered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Elaine figures out the song. She wins Mr. Pitt the tickets for the uh, to hold the rope for the Woody Woodpecker, which I love because he said, my father forbade me 
for participating yes. in any activities associated with the common man. <laughs> like that's so good. So for bad me. Uh so after that, we go back to George and Jerry. They're going to look at the car, but Jerry's definitely giving him crap about this. Is There's no way this is John Voight's car. Uh, to get another plot rolling or to continue the mom and pop store plot, Jerry has to find a way to not have shoes. So he steps in gum. George says, you cannot get in my car with gum on your shoe. And then we follow this thread a little bit. They go back <laughs> up to change shoes. Jerry's like, let me go get a new pair. There aren't any because Kramer took them all. So all he's so Kramer comes in. He's like, "Where are all my shoes?" He said, "I took them down to Mom and Pop, like you told me to, and I left a pair for you." To go back to Jerry's closet, come out with a pair of cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. Good old ropers, you know. I mean, they're nice. They're nice looking boots, but Jerry, Jerry's he's not gonna he's not gonna wear those. And he says he only has them because a club in Texas paid him in boots because they yeah. couldn't afford to actually yeah. pay him. So they just gave him money. Said you'll be like a cow the Kramer says you'll be like a cowboy jersey. I don't want to be a cowboy. Which is and the this throwback. Is mm-hmm. To the I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah, with the, <laughs> the puffy, puffy shirt. shirt. And this is the part where that whole Jerry Seinfeld can't act thing comes front full and oh, front yeah. and center to me. Yeah. Because he is smiling while delivering this line. Like, he's yeah. laughing at his oh, own yeah. joke. And I noticed that throughout the show, anytime I've ever watched it, that Jerry is often smiling when he should be irritated uh-huh. or sad. Like, he is not he's not in the moment. He's in the joke. He's yep. having a great time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And no one, and we just accept it. We just yeah, don't even care. Because, every, like, I'm because having like you fun said, too. everyone else is so good. Like, yeah, Jason Alexander is going so hard. It does not matter. (laughs) No one cares what Jerry's doing. Mm -hmm. Jerry's the least interesting person there. And it's his show. (laughs) And the funny thing is, like, I have tried to act before in front of a kid. Like, I was I was going to be a filmmaker when I was in, like, high school or whatever. I can't stop smiling either. I have Jerry yeah. Seinfeld-itis. I was supposed to be in a horror movie. I was running for my life, smiling like an idiot uh, <laughs> the whole time. Like, it's uh, it's just not in me to look serious. And I don't think he's got it either. No. Audie, I, you were going to say something. I cut you I was going to say, it did get me, though, when he was putting on the boots and said, I look ridiculous. I was like, well, with your pants up to your knees like that, of course you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're definitely leading into trying to look ridiculous. Everybody mm-hmm. knows the pants go over the boots. Unless you're fording a creek. But you if know. you don't have, if you don't, I mean, it was the 90s. That's Not true. wearing the boot yeah. cut jeans, which, you know, random dude yeah. in New York maybe is not, you know. Yeah, it's a good what point. You needed was they're some not, really big, need they're the not narrow enough jeans. to look okay tucked in, and they're not right. wide enough to go over the boots. You <laughs> he don't. needed, he needed not slim fit, or he needed some Jinko jeans. One or yeah. the other. But he <laughs> there <have>. you go. Jinko jeans. <laughs> If you did, you know, if you didn't have boot cut, it really did make your pants look ridiculous at the bottom mm-hmm. because the yeah. boots would puff them out so far that yeah. it just it didn't look right. You're right, you're right, yeah. Uh, so this is when Jerry finds out that George also got invited to Tim Watley's party and he didn't. So he's like, "What is? I don't understand this." Uh, so, but there was a joke early as about the genius of it. They've thrown that out a couple times in this in this uh, adventure. Uh, but anyway, we go back to mom and pop where we're going to line up some more jokes, where the electrician has come by. It's like, 
you are going to, I got to put, close you up unless you fix this problem. It was what, $20,000, or $20,000, $4,000, $4,000. $4, I was so close. You were. Uh, You're almost yeah. there. Yeah, so $4,000 to solve the problem. They're like, we don't have $4,000. We've been here 48 years. They're like, I don't care. I got to shut you down or I lose my license. And then Kramer swings in. Uh, to tell them they ought to fix their crack in their sidewalk. So he's trying to help mom and pop, and is actually just ruining their life. Um, then we go Jerry and George finally going for a ride in the car, where they find John Voight's pencil uh, in the in the glove compartment, maybe, with his teeth marks on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so George is just tickled to death. I got John Voight's pencil, you know. When George, this is what I love about George, anytime he thinks he's like succeeding or winning at something, yeah. he gets exceptionally more cocky. Mm-hmm. About oh, yeah. everything. I like the discussion him. they have about like, yeah, but why, why John Voight? Like, <laughs> yeah, like why would you make that up? That's mm-hmm. the genius of it, <laughs> which yes, comes right. back around. Yep. Leah, it could be Liam Neeson's car. You know, that was what yeah. that was the other bit. Yeah, and he's not even uh, American. Yeah, he's not <laughs> even American. Anybody could have played Oscar Schindler, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they find John Voight's pencil, and they find the owner's manual, and it says John Voight, but John is spelled with an H. Though so John Voight, it's, and George gets a little bothered. He's like, ah, crap. You can see the realization hit, because Jason Alexander is a master of his craft. Uh, you can see it hit, but then also the denial is also playing on his yeah. on his face at the same time. Yeah. It's wild. It's a realization and a complete denial that that's probably fake because I want to believe the, the yeah. reality uh, that this is John Voight's car. And he gives Jerry enough crap that he or he gives George enough crap that George kicks him out of the car. And he's, all the while he's going, "That's Gregory Peck's bicycle." <laughs> you know, he's just convinced everywhere. So he gets oh. out. Uh, the, he's got the cowboy boots on. Some thugs are there. They're like, hey, cowboy. And he tries to run away, but his boots are so slick. Honestly, Jerry, because you don't know how to work boots. If you've never yeah. worn boots, they're going to be slick. you got to scuff them up, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, you yeah. can, then you'll be fine. I mean, to be fair, but in his defense, he never planned on wearing them. Oh, no, so he never fine. planned on wearing them. Yeah. But you got to scuff them up before you, you go out walking up. in them. Uh, so he runs away, and the next thing we see is him in his kitchen with like getting uh, some ice with uh, Elaine, saying, "They ever caught me? I just tripped and hit my face." <laughs> uh, so, which is gonna take us down another alley? Which yeah. is th- this is just this is my favorite thing about the show. It's just everything is piling on top of each other. Uh, so he tripped and hurt his face. Uh, George's still trying to figure out why he that he's still trying to convince everybody that he's got John Voight's car. Maybe he just spells it with an H in his legal name, but he's shortened yeah. it uh, because John is snappier. snappier. Because <laughs> it's like John can, and John. How can I figure this out? And now it's <laughs> this is thirty seconds with a cell phone. <laughs> yep. Problem solved. You're right. IMDb handles. Yeah, got it. Uh, then we, Elaine, they're still trying to figure out if Jerry's invited to this party. Elaine has talked to Tim and he had asked if Jerry should bring anything and they wanted to know where the emphasis was on why would Jerry bring anything? So why would Jerry bring anything or why would why Jerry, Jerry bring, bring any, anything or bring mm-hmm. anything? And she said, the thing he was on the wood, uh, <laughs> why would Jerry bring anything? Uh, and this is when she was just my favorite actress on the planet. I just love her in this whole so everything about this show. 
Uh, I don't know why I wrote it in my notes, but I wrote Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the best in this scene. So something must have clued mm-hmm. me in to like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> then we find out that mom and pop have skipped town. Uh, Kramer comes in, it's like, they're gone, the place is empty. And you know what I found out? Mom and pop didn't even have any kids. <laughs> Jerry responds, mom and pop weren't even a mom and pop. I love this scene because Elaine has to point out the elaborate conspiracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Even uh, to the neighborhood, established nearly five decades <laughs> to build trust and then steal Jerry's sneakers. Yep. It's a good George con. is going to mobilize the entire Yankee organization to find out, That's... though, if John Voight changed how he spelled his name. <laughs> Right. This is what this is what I love about it. Uh so Elaine's gotta go down to the deli to pick up the pass for the, the ropes. Uh George splits up to go to the Yankees because he's got the power of the Yankees organization uh to solve this problem where he pitches John Voigt Day uh which, as something to do which they The oh, response to that is so it's perfect. So good. John oh, Voigt yeah. John mm-hmm. Voigt, the actor. Mm-hmm. I motion we no longer take any meetings uh, called for by George Costanza. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. I don't even know how George has a job there. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's the best part about that job. But he has that job because of Steinbrenner, who mm. is just, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every now and then he just, like, there's the whole sandwich thing, and that keeps him in a job. He mostly manages to just stay just enough under the radar that they don't get rid of him. <laughs> so, I don't have to pay him so severance. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so that doesn't go well. Elaine goes to the place to have the meeting with the big to get her stuff, but she's got to listen to a big band before they hand out the passes, and she's sitting the with other these guys. Are so good. <laughs> yes, they're so good. I just believe this scene with everything in me that these are the types of people that would call into a big band radio to do the, yeah. the thing. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And she's for stuck sure. there with them. Uh, <laughs> then we get one of my favorite moments, which I think Travis has got a tidbit about. Uh, when John Voigt shows up in the episode, because Kramer's mm-hmm. walking down the street, gets a nosebleed. And out the door walks John Voigt rocking this killer like horseshoe mustache. Like, I mean, he's got it, it was going really on. Everybody, yeah. Uh, and and John, to which Kramer just, my favorite thing about Kramer is when he yells anything at anybody. It's just so <laughs> intense. John Voigt, John Voigt, you know, chases him mm-hmm. down the street and tries to catch him so he can ask him the question to when John Voigt bites Kramer's arm. <laughs> Uh, like, and doesn't, it's not even like Kramer's got his arm where he can get it. John Voight actively reaches for Kramer's <laughs> arm, pulls it further into the cab and bites yeah. it like a dang turkey leg. And, yeah. and I love that moment because like, it's John Voight. He's getting into the cab. Meanwhile, this crazy man on the street who's bleeding from his face just screams his name and <laughs> runs at him. So he grabs his it arm does. and bites him. Apparently he didn't tell Michael Richards that that's what he was going to do. So that reaction was real. Like him trying to pull his arm back was just Michael Richards' Amazing. reaction because he just bit his arm. I love that that makes it me up. even more hilarious. I mean, just the fact that of all the things an actor like John Voight could do, he decides to bite the arm of this random person. 
<laughs> I mean, I've seen Anaconda. James, he can stretch, you know? Yeah. John Voight knows what's up. <laughs> the, I do question this trivia, though. I hate to question the trivia, but I did. I, I read the same tidbit, and I was like, that's so funny. And I was like, did did Michael Richards have the second half of the script of yeah, the show? Yeah, the episode, because like, it's pretty pivotal yeah. to the rest of the plot. Because the teeth, I know, and it came, I think the, the trivia came from a writer of the show or someone that was involved. Yeah. So I'm like, what? Maybe did they write it as they went? What was the, what was <laughs> they the just deal did the John, They filmed the John Voight part first. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, we'll it's entirely possible. Oh, it possible. could be. I, that, I, yeah. Yeah, I just found it as like a, a really, really funny little tidbit. That, and then they did ask John Voight if he ever owned the Chrysler yeah. LeBaron, and he said he'd never <laughs> seen the car before in his life, so... And that was that was the best. I'm gonna get a. So I'm gonna write a show just to see if I can get John Voight to answer this stupid question. Answer Solve stupid this once question. and for all, John Voight. That's so good. I want to be. I this is my new podcast. Like I just want to be a powerful enough podcaster that I can like have people on to just answer stupid questions for me. <laughs> just that I can't just to find settle settle the yeah. debate. Like please settle a bet. I just <laughs> yeah. You know I've please. always wondered. There's your show title. That's I've always wondered with Amy Frost. I've always yep. <laughs> Just have wondered. random people. It doesn't have to yeah. be long. It can be a yeah. micro podcast. Yeah. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've just wanted to know. <laughs> uh, so we get back to Jerry. His mouth is killing him. He needs to see a dentist, but they're all closed on Thanksgiving. I feel this pain. I've, I've been, been there. here before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Every time. It's always on a, it's always like Friday afternoon of a long weekend yeah. and you're like, well, great, I guess. Yeah fine yeah your body's like now's a good time to start bleeding from the eyeballs right yeah yeah great <laughs> cool great time let's do that on thanksgiving uh so george jerry needs to go to tim watley's party because there's gonna be a bunch of dentists at the party brilliant mm-hmm. uh george doesn't want to take him because george has an invitation but that you know that's a that's not cool to take a party crash he's like what if you weren't invited and he doesn't want you there then i'm the guy that brought you Every friend's been in that position before. <laughs> Look, my other but friends I mean, like me. <laughs> if, if you, like, it's Tim Watley's Thanksgiving Eve party, which presumably Jerry has been to before. So I feel yeah. like, like, the fact that, like, I don't think any of his friends would have to be like, oh, no, you've, you know, I'm not taking you as my plus what, like, he would just know, like, it's not like it's secret. Yeah. Yeah. He knows Same about day, it. every year. I mean, Tim Watley called him to get the addresses yeah. of the people Which he was going to have seen. Like, that's a hell of a move. Yeah, yeah, that's bold. Listen, I am yeah. not going to invite you, but I do need to invite your friends because I do like yeah. them. Problem solved with a cell phone, once again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Kramer shows up. He slides in the door with teeth marks in his arm because of uh, John Voight. And I put, I was proud of myself. I put this together before the show told me what they were going to do. Nice. I was like, oh, they're going to compare the teeth marks on mm-hmm. the arm with the pencil because I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. I can follow this show. I just like show. that Kramer's like, we get a trained professional. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all going to be at the dentist they're party. They, the, the dentist party. Mm-hmm. Perfect. They just need a dentist My- to verify the pencil marks. My favorite line from Kramer was when George was asking, he bit you? He's like, well, I was reaching in. It did seem like I was stealing his wallet. Kramer's like, he was justified in biting my arm. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, because normal it's people like, bite other people. It's like when, you know, like, like the cat scratches you 
And you're like, no, yeah. no, no, I tried to pick it up. I shouldn't have, I wasn't reading the signs. I right. should have, I should have backed off. That's on me. Mm-hmm. It's like dealing with a wild animal. <laughs> but yeah. it's John yeah. Boyd. You've got to make John Boyd. Yeah. Not a, not a yeah. big difference, though. Wild animal, yeah. John Boyd. True. Yeah, he's a character. You gotta get the stick with the... <laughs> <laughs> So Jerry shows up at Tim Watley's house and does the, the best, like, Sneaky per- I'm definitely not here, but I am here kind of operation walking around with his face covered. Dentist. Dentist. Are you a dentist? <laughs> you a dentist? You a dentist? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's looking for drugs, but yeah. he's really just looking for someone to look at his, his face. And a lot of things going on in this apartment. Because uh, George uh, George and Kramer are hanging out the window watching the floats and, and stuff get blown up, uh, balloons get blown up, and they find the Woody Woodpecker balloon. <laughs> Just like this, what I thought was a throwaway joke of like, what's the appeal of Woody yeah. Woodpecker? And Kramer's like instigator. all mischievous. Oh, yeah. Oh, George says, what is he? Some kind of instigator? He says, yeah, he's a troublemaker. <laughs> like, he's all excited about it. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. But Elaine then shows up. She's got her, like, pass. I guess it's a trophy, really? But I think she's also uh, so, got a trophy. I don't know. Yeah. It's a she got thing. a trophy. And uh, she can't hear anything because she's had a trumpet blowing in her ear for <laughs> hours and hours. And never moved to another location in the deli, I guess. No, of course like, not. Just Why would you? Couldn't be done. No, and just sat there and took do? it. And just, she can't yeah. hear anything. And I've been there before, like when you just can't hear much of anything, and it's it's not a. She's way too happy for somebody that can't hear. Well, so it's like that's it's so good. It's so good because yeah. Jerry's such a jerk. <laughs> oh yeah, he doesn't give her a pass at all. Will you marry me? What? I can't hear you. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and so we get back over to Kramer and George talking to Tim about the pencil. So they're like, hey, I got a pencil I need to show you. And Tim's going to help them look at it, you think, until he gets distracted. And he takes the pencil to write something down for somebody else. Oh, yeah, let else. me get your number because somebody's leaving. Let me get your number. Yeah. yeah. And then Elaine comes over. And I guess George and Kramer wandered off to find another dentist to look at the arm. Uh, so Elaine comes over to talk to Tim. And remember, she really wants to go on a date with Tim. It's the whole purpose of her going to this party. She's mm-hmm. excited Tim, about it. But she what? can't hear anything. Uh, yeah, Tim. So it's so painful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she just—it's the way I used to talk to my grandpa because he was remarkably southern and just didn't enunciate any words. Yeah. And you would just smile and nod and laugh on occasion. And you're like, I mm-hmm. no. Idea. Except she doesn't. She doesn't smile and nod. He no. Says, no. She... Do you want to go out New Year's Eve? Yeah. yeah. Because and he she picks makes up this a bowl of peanuts. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So she assumes he's offering her peanuts, which she doesn't want. So she's, mm, no, I don't think so. Like, disgusted face. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, f- fine. Forget mm-hmm. you then, you know, and wander's off. She's like, what did I do? So oh, it's so painful. It's it so hurts. bad. Yeah, I felt that one. Uh, not good. Uh, so that's Again, over. cell phone, you just yeah. type out, I can't hear anything. Yeah, I can't I'm hear ears. you. Or you yeah. just say, I can't hear I can't right hear. now. Yeah, that's all it would take. But I she just wanted to pretend take, she was fine. Saying, yeah, we're just we're gonna feel do. That I do get that. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah at a party, and you're like, I want to be cool. I don't want to be like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like I remember one time I had a cold and I didn't want to shake somebody's hand when I first met them. So I told they reached out and I was like, oh, I don't want to shake your hand. I got a cold, and they made it really weird, and I made it really weird, and then I was like, I should have just said screw it and shook their hand. 
Mm-hmm. She just went with it, you know. I mean, I shouldn't have because it's impolite. Yeah. But it made it str- It made it awkward. You know, I, feel like now, I feel like now we're a little better accustomed to that. Yeah. Now it'd be now like, why aren't like, you wearing a mask, sick wanna... person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my face. Yep. Yeah, gosh, go home. What are you doing here? Yeah, germs. Uh, Kramer and George actually have cornered another dentist to check out this, but Watley's got the pencil in his mouth across the room, and George is I'm, like, no! I'm on a limb. Say a dentist probably wouldn't chew a pencil. It's not great. For um, you. I think you're probably right. If anything, he was just kind of gumming it. You know, maybe he had yeah. it in his lips, but he wasn't sure. biting down. You know, mm-hmm. but still, it could ruin the impression. Yeah. This is the answer. Mm-hmm. This is what George has wanted this whole time. The proof that he had John Voight's car, and what does he get? Proof that he has John Voight's car because Tim Watley knows the car. He's like, oh, you bought John Voight's old LeBaron. Ha-ha! <laughs> yes, I bought John Voight's old LeBaron. You know, and uh, he's like, you know John Voight, the actor. What? No. I, I went to John school Vo- with yeah, John Voight. Yeah, we went to school together. John Voight, the actor? John Voight, the periodontist. So it is a J-O-H-N, John uh, and that's where we get our answer that George never owned John Voight's because uh, the characters in this show cannot win. Uh, seems to be nope. another rule. Cannot win ever. So at least if they're going to be bad, they can't win. Yeah, they don't which win. Is o- mm-hmm. That makes it okay. Yeah. You know, if you got like people that are kind of terrible, you don't want them to win. It makes people uncomfortable. Why are the bad guys winning? They don't. Uh, so <laughs> while we have that going on, Jerry has found a dentist to look at his tooth. He leans back on Elaine's Empire State Building trophy, which falls and pops the Woody Woodpecker balloon, uh, which is actually a thing that happened. And is what this episode is built around is Woody Woodpecker's balloon deflating at the actual yeah. Thanksgiving parade. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a couple real events. The John Voight's yeah. car John and Voight's Woody car. Woodpecker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it pops in... <laughs> and this is when they play back to the Tim yeah. Wally goes, you're just a troublemaker. <laughs> Which Jerry replies, ha ha, you know, the Woody Woodpecker laugh. Uh, and then the next day, Jerry and Kramer are watching the parade and the Woody Woodpecker thing's going down and Mr. Pitt is struggling because <laughs> he's underneath it mm-hmm. and it's falling and he's so mad. Uh, they learn the mom and pop sneakers are in Jersey because somebody calls and says, I got Jerry Seinfeld sneakers, which is even funnier because of the John Voight's car. Now you get a yeah. guy who actually has Jerry he Seinfeld sneakers. He just calls sneakers. him. It's like, yeah. yeah, which I guess hey. you could just find you know, yeah, Jerry's number. Sure. sure. It, you know, there was a time where that was a, you know, you could find celebrities in the phone book. Because I remember sure. a story where Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell called uh, uh, Larry Fine. Of the Three Stooges, because they found his number in the L.A. phone book and had a great conversation with him. The guy was just, yeah, apparently super cordial and talked to them forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because once you get old, you just talk to anybody sure. for as long as you, they want. I also love uh, that. And then uh, there's a mom and mom and pop are having a garage sale on Thanksgiving Day in New Jersey. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's probably fine. Uh, and then I didn't understand the bus reference, but it was apparently a movie with Dustin Hoffman and John Voight, Kramer, and Jerry Seinfeld are on the bus. Like it was yeah, almost a line for line. It's recreation. a reference to movie Midnight Cowboy uh, that yeah. John. Okay, Voight did. it's one. Of, it's mm. one of his more famous roles. Um, okay, and yeah, it was. So that's what that was. Yeah, 
And then that's why I think Kramer had a nosebleed the whole episode was primarily for this scene at the very end. Mm -hmm. It's just this whole this whole Seinfeld episode is just this tapestry just woven of jokes in and out subplots coming in and out. Nothing is left dangling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no and none it reminds, of it means anything. Nope. There is right. zero stakes. Mm-hmm. The highest stakes are Jerry trying to get his sneakers back. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing nothing big going on at all. It's all perfectly small time stuff. Yep. Um I had a really great time with this episode. I debated about it because it was barely a Thanksgiving show, but it was also fun. really fun. It's no WKRP. But I did find it on the list of Thanksgiving shows. I, like I was like, great Thanksgiving episodes of TV, and this one was on there. I was like, you know what? We haven't done Seinfeld, and we should try. Um, I I wish we'd had some Jerry Stiller or some Newman or some uh, Seinfeld's Cafe deal mm-hmm. yeah. in it. We didn't get any of those touch those uh, touchstones of the show, those things that you just remember. Uh, but we got a lot of good. A good quality content and a guest star in John Voight and uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. So overall, uh, I think we had a good time on the show. Uh, did uh, so, Amy? You liked it, Travis? You like Seinfeld? Audie, yeah. did you enjoy yourself a little bit? Yeah, it was fine. It was you know, it's one yeah. of those things where I think the guest stars did it for me and made it that much more funny. Like, especially oh, sure. John Voight biting Kramer's arm. <laughs> <laughs> People you know. So yeah. And anything Brian so Cranston is, this... is, I will watch. I love that guy. He's been good for a long time. I didn't know anything about him uh, till Breaking Bad, because I never watched Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. Which, is that a two thousand pre-2000 mm-hmm. series? That might have to show up at some point, I guess. Maybe. It's possible. 98, 99, maybe, when it, that was running. Nah, I probably came along later. I can't remember when Frankie Muniz was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> now he races cars, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but Seinfeld, background, I know I, I background stuff for me because I actually left it on in the background and it rolled to the next uh, yeah, episode, I did. The Secretary. I did a few more. Yeah, The Secretary yeah, I one just, was so good. It was good. It, I was like, all right, I'm in. It was pretty great. Uh, so I know, Amy, you would watch more. Oh, Seinfeld, yeah, yeah I figured so as much because we talked about it. Or Travis, you would watch it. Yeah, I'll watch more. Sure. Yeah, Audie, willing to give it another try if we make you because we're watching it for this show. <laughs> I won't not watch it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if it's my homework assignment, I'll check. Well, it, I totally understand because, like I said, my wife was like, "That was great." With that, <laughs> like, I'm really, I want to support you, kind of voice. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I know. I know, and I appreciate the effort, because I, Lord knows, I've watched enough of some random show before and been like, "Yeah, I will sit here while you watch that." Mm-hmm. That's what we'll do. To, yeah, this is our activity together. And then you you get to, like too involved though, right? You're like, I don't care about this show, but I can't not know what's going on, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I've uh, had those. But see, I then I've also had what's happening. <laughs> I've also had the ones though, like Downton Abbey, like not gonna lie. Every time I walk downstairs, she's watching. Like, why would you watch this? And then I sat there once, and I was so invested, and I cried, and I laughed, mm-hmm. and I cried. And That's why you can get someone into. got an emotion. 
someone got in a motor vehicle, I was like, stop! <laughs> Anytime someone was riding in a car, I was just oh, yeah, like, it was it's not- the end! This is the yeah. end! Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. But Downton Abbey was treasure. So every now and then there's a nugget that I get pulled into. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to watch this without you if you're not home. Like, <laughs> this is my, sh- my show now. My show. I have taken it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Seinfeld was great. I had a wonderful time. Uh, we've got no mail this week uh, that I was able to find. but if uh, And I don't think we had any big feedback on Seinfeld. I know I have friends that basically watch this through season 10 and then restart it and just watch it again. Yeah. Like, they're super fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there's so much cultural stuff in here. Close talkers and double dippers and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah. Seinfeld permeated the culture. It really uh, and even if you don't know you've brought up a, a thing from Seinfeld, you probably have. Like, yep. you've probably said something or been a part of a conversation where a Seinfeld reference was brought up, and maybe no one even knew because uh, yeah. it just created so many things. Yep. I didn't know Double Dip was a Seinfeld creation. Yeah. yeah. No clue. I will say, I'm a fan um, of George Costanza's answering machine message. Oh, gosh. That, of course. We talked about that on our our first episode with the uh, greatest <laughs> mm-hmm. American hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We should all just change our voicemails to that. Sounds wonderful, actually. Uh, not that I ever care about any. No one I like gets my voicemail unless I'm like in the middle. Okay, they get my voicemail because yeah. I'll be in the middle of something, and I get accused of screening phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like no, I'm not screening. I just have a child, and I was doing. You always call me at six when I'm making stuff. tacos. Gosh, <laughs> I'm always sitting down to dinner, making dinner, or putting a child in bed. I can't yeah. answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Call me in work hours. Yeah. Jeez, when I'm not doing anything. Gosh, my free time. All right, at work. yeah, when I'm in my free time during the work day. <laughs> oh, this has been so much fun. Great fun talking about Seinfeld season two or season yes. six, episode eight. Uh, and we are going into a new show next week, Amy. Mm-hmm. Where are we going? What are we going to watch? All right. So I originally, when I was trying to pick like a first episode, because I, I fall into sort of the no man's land of holidays, right? It's like after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but Christmas is still pretty far because Thanksgiving's pretty early this year. So I was originally thinking about picking a Seinfeld episode because I was going to do the Festivus episode because that's like oh, a nothing yeah. holiday, right? Uh, but I'm not going to do that. This I've time. decided I'm going to go hardcore Christmas special. Because I am in the mood for a hardcore Christmas special, and nobody does Christmas harder than the Muppets. Oh, my word. We're going to watch one that is near and dear to my heart as a child, that when I was a child, before the internet, no one I knew had seen. It was, like, exclusive to my family, and so it was only upon the internet that other people that knew it showed up. Um, so we are going to be watching Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yeah, yes. oh, I can tell Audie's excited. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited too. Uh, it's on Amazon I'm, Prime I'm and uh, Peacock. If you happen to have that one, I don't. It's like the one I don't have, and I don't know anyone who does. But sure, uh, but it's I have it. I don't know yeah. why. I, I do, but it's, it's on Prime. Also, yeah. And oh I gotta gosh, say, that's great. Watch it. And then do yourself a favor and watch the outtakes mm-hmm. on YouTube. Oh, yes. for sure. Oh, yes. For okay. sure. Yes. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, we'll talk about it next week, but the version that I had had extra things at the beginning. I had a yes. whole other thing on the mm. other side of the video record, which we've talked about before. <laughs> Wild time. So Emma Otter's Drunk Man Christmas. I'm so excited. I just All decided, right. I decided to go hardcore. No, I'm I'm ready because I didn't even know this was a thing. I am not someone in the Frost family, uh, so I have no idea what you're talking about. (gasps) And I'm really oh, this is so for you though. Yeah, it is. You are gonna love this. This is very your jam. One hundred percent. Oh, I'm so all right now. I'm now Mm -hmm. I'm gonna watch it like tomorrow. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's gonna be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, thank you everyone who hung out in the chat, Phil and uh, Phil, uh, for hanging out in the (laughs) chat with us tonight. I know if other people were there, they didn't talk, but I, you know, Phil, you're getting all the love uh, tonight. And to everyone who listens, thank you very much. If you have something you want to send us or talk to us about with the show, you can tweet us at Those Days Show, or you can send us an email at thosewerethedaysshow at gmail.com. We love your emails. You should send them. They're great. Uh, And with that, also don't forget to leave us a review. You should do that from time to time. Just go in there and be like, oh, five stars, wherever. Uh, And and, uh, (laughs) with that, we'll leave you guys with another week come back next week for Emmett Otter's uh uh jug jug band jug band Christmas jug, jug band Christmas uh with Amy uh for me for Amy for Travis for Audie thank you so much and we will see you next time on those were the days